0: So it's uh, July the 4th, and I thought this would be a great time for us to take a musical road trip around America. Uh, there's a lot of bands that have place names and, and things in their their, their name, and uh, there's a lot of them that I'm, I'm not going to talk about. We're, we're not going to talk about the uh, Miami Sound Machine or Black Oak, Arkansas, or the Ozark Mountain Daredevils or the Ohio Players We're not going to talk about the Georgia Satellites, the Kentucky Headhunters, Sugarloaf, Alabama, Lone Star, or Pure Prairie League. These are all great bands, but uh, they're not on the road trip. However, there are five really great bands that all have names that are uh, based in America geography. And we're going to talk about those as we go on a road trip. Uh, And my brother is along which is going to be great. So uh, stand by and this version of The Eclectic Monk is all about bands from America for the 4th of July. Be right back. Uh. All right here we go. So uh, road tripping with American bands. Uh, This is my brother. Speak, speak brother. Hello, brother. Hello, brother. Hey, uh, so my my brother lives uh, in a state far away from me. Uh, And so we're doing this by the the magic of telecommunications, cell phones and the Internet uh, gives us the opportunity to actually uh, sit in a room and talk about music. And and I'll be honest, my brother's older than me. And so my musical taste was actually, you know, is your musical taste. You realize that.
1: Right, yeah, big big influence because you had to listen. I had the album and the uh, the stereo back when we were growing up, and so you had to listen to whatever I had on
0: playing. Yeah, and, and you you had the eight track player and the eight tracks and the uh, Firebird that we had to listen to on the way to school. So, um, you got that? Yeah, which which was great. And uh, so my my uh, my first real musical influence was you. So uh, there, between you and mom, you know, my brain is just yeah. messed up. Uh, anyway, we're going to start here close to my home, which is, uh, I live near Atlanta, and uh, uh, we're going to talk about, first group up is the Atlanta Rhythm Section, um, who came out of Doraville, Georgia. Now, if you're living in Atlanta, you realize that Doraville is really just kind of a cr- crummy neighborhood inside the perimeter, uh, down really in a bad neighborhood now, but um i guess in 1971 it was a nicer place to live
1: i don't know i was actually cruising this afternoon and i was listening to ars play Doraville. <laughs> uh you know it's so it's interesting that uh, you wanted to bring that up to start with because that's a great song yep and it you know and it is you know the, that part of town now is just not not a, not a good part of town anymore and a
0: lot of great music came out there. Yeah, interesting. Studio One is in Doraville, uh, which started in 1970, and, and Atlanta Rhythm Section actually started out as uh, the Studio Rhythm Section. That, that's where they got the name. Uh, they were just three guys who you know played on everything that was being recorded in Studio One in Doraville, and uh, actually another one of the bands we're going to talk about recorded their greatest record, I think in atlanta i don't think it was at studio one but it was it was recorded in atlanta which is pretty interesting but we'll get there uh here a little bit later but um so from 1971 to 1978 atlanta rhythm section put out a string of albums that sold (laughs) those are fireworks by the way it is the fourth of july so atlanta rhythm section put out a group of albums that sold poorly they were not you know really well known until Uh, the champagne jam album came out in 1978 and uh that for me is just one of the great southern rock albums of all time
1: Uh, yeah we were we were talking about albums of your being on the deserted island right album for me champagne jam is one of those five albums i would want because I can listen to it over and over and over,
0: and you never get tired of it. Yeah, and you had that record when we were much younger, so uh, I remember you buying that one and pretty much wearing it out. And um, but when I found it, you know, I I bought it immediately because, again, just you know, it's this great combination. They did such a good job of, of taking blues and rock. And you know the southern, even the kind of a gospel sound, and putting that all together in a very, very um, smooth presentation. I mean, I mean, you've got Leonard Skinner, you got the Allman Brothers, you have you know Molly Hatchett, you got all these other southern rock bands, but Atlanta Rhythm Section really had a unique sound, I think, and it was just such a a smooth sound that they had, and and they really carried that on uh, throughout their you know. All of their recording history, they they put out a lot of records, uh, but but Champagne Jam was their pinnacle. '78 was the that was the high point for them, and just such a great record. Yeah, agreed. Uh, um, I want this to go on record too for everybody to hear. My brother and I agreed on something, so that's yes. That's, <laughs> we, we've made a lot of progress over the years. So uh, that's
1: right, we yeah. have. We're only a 1,000
0: miles apart right now, so we're doing good. Doing good, right. Uh, Well, let's move up the East Coast to another place, uh, a place called Boston. And, uh, of course, Boston was one of those bands that that came out uh, in the late 70s. Their their first album, released in 1976, uh, is one of the biggest-selling debut albums of all time. They sold 17 million copies of that first album, and uh, it went up to number three and was actually on the charts for 132 weeks. So that's that's a pretty impressive first step out. What do you- And I, I saw them in at the uh, Toy for Talk concert in Atlanta.
1: Must have been uh, you know fall of 1977. And so they were, they were good on stage as well.
0: Yeah, I never, I never saw them live, but that's what I heard that they put out a great they put on a good show. Um, interesting thing is that you know, Tom Schultz, actually, from what I've understood from what I read, he started recording the demos that became that first album in 1974. Uh, and so he worked two years in his basement studio. Uh, With a couple of guys, with a drummer and and a guitar player. And they put, they pretty much recorded that entire album. uh, And then they took the demos and shopped them around and they cleaned them up a little bit. But but those demos were pretty much the album. Uh, That first record uh, came out. And Tom Schultz pretty much did everything except for, uh, like I said, the vocals and the drums and some of the guitar work. So, uh, pretty interesting guy. And then they put out, their second album didn't come out till 78, so it took them two years to put out Don't Look Back. Then I think their third album came out like five years later, and then their fourth album finally came out ten years after that. So the, not the most prolific band, but, of course, that first album had so many hits on it, uh, and just was... It was on the radio from, from 76 till today. You're going to hear more than a feeling every day if you listen to the right station, right?
1: Right. Over and over and over.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and and I think he pioneered that really clean, peavy sound, you know what I'm saying, um, that Journey and so many other bands were going to grab hold of in the late 70s into the, to the early 80s, that really crisp sound. I think Boston kind of pioneered that. And uh, so, I mean a great band, absolutely, and, uh, one that's worth, worth having. If, if you don't own that first album, you should have it. I, I, their second record, I, I had it for, you know, in a previous life, and, uh, and it was okay, but I've always felt like Boston kind of put out the same album, you know, over and over again. Every 10 years, they put out the same record, uh, and they never quite matched the, the glory of the first one, so, uh, no, and it's hard
1: to follow up something that hit like that. You know, it's yeah. But, you know, there, there's things on "Don't Look Back" that are great, but like you said, it, a lot of it sounds
0: got, got the same feeling to it over and over. Yeah, it's, it's like the almost like the castoffs of the first one, right? You know, yeah. which is kind of yeah. how things work sometimes. But uh, anyway, well, so we got Atlanta rhythm section, we have Boston, then we're gonna move out toward the Midwest. Uh, to, to one of my favorite groups and uh we're getting out of the city into the country and we're just going to talk about the entire state of kansas kansas for me is just uh such a great band of course you know i mean left overture released in 1976 with carry on wayward son it was kind of their breakthrough it's actually their fourth album uh the band started in 1974 and uh in their first albums. I actually talked about that on my uh, podcast about forgotten first albums. And, and uh, it was kind of a rough, you know, it's got some highs and lows, but it's a really cool album. Their second album was great. I love their third album. Their fourth album and fifth album, Point of No Return, of course, uh, were both smash super hits. Uh, but, but here's a band that has, uh, they have nine gold records, they have five platinum albums. And are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, how does that happen, man? You got some good fireworks. (laughs) (laughs) These are real fireworks going on in the background. Yes, they are. (laughs) Happy
1: Fourth of July (laughs) podcast. Yep. (laughs) You know, know, there's other bands that haven't made it in. So, you know, you and I were talking. I said, you know, there's there's just not that many songs. If you, you ask somebody, you know, name five songs that Kansas put out.
0: Right. You know, that,
1: that carry on, uh, Wayward Son, Dust in the Wind, you know, those, those come to mind, Point of No Return, but then you kind of get lost in, in what they really did. Uh, except, as we talked about, you know, when you're in the 70s, you listen to the whole album right and you listen you listen to the both sides of the album and you listen to it over and over and over and, and that's where you, you just ex, you know discovered that great music and the depth of the, the band music so you know maybe one day they'll uh they'll get recognized for you know for being one of those great mid-70 bands and, and get into the rock and roll hall of fame which is about mm, you know Sixty miles north of where
0: I'm sitting right now. Right, I know it's right next to the uh, NFL Hall of Fame, and uh, both of them are disappointing. But anyway, that's that's another <laughs> podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I do. I'm, I'm I am not ashamed to say that I, I love Kansas. But the Kansas I love is probably not the songs you're going to hear on the radio. It's those albums. It's the it's that deeper music that. Uh, they were just so good. Uh, the lyrics and the, the music was so complex and interesting, and I love them. Uh, so anyway, that, that brings us up through, uh, through the Midwest, and uh, we're going to take a quick break, catch our breath, and then we'll come back and uh, finish this out with two bands that I think uh, everybody needs to be paying attention to. So hang on. We'll be right back. Well, we're back. Um, I'm here. This is the Eclectic Monk. I'm here with my brother who is in uh, the great state of Ohio, and I am not. And um, we were just in Kansas, uh, and we're going to head up north just a little bit from there to uh, another great American city called Chicago. And um, one of the reasons I wanted my brother on this call on this podcast is because Chicago, I know, is like his favorite band of all time. So...
1: Uh, forever, forever and ever, yes. So
0: tell us all about Chicago, my
1: friend. Uh, man, talk about a prolific group. Just uh, incredible uh, songs, incredible albums. The, the catalog just goes on and on and on. Yeah. You know, kicked, off, kicked off in 1969. Uh, they're still recording and still playing today, even though it's not, uh, you know, not the original group. There's still two or three of the original members with them. Right. But just um, prolific. Actually,
0: they have thirty-seven albums released to date. Thirty-seven. 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 According to Wikipedia, now and that's <laughs> I, I, I rest on them. But yes, yeah, thirty they, Chicago Thirty Seven came out in twenty nineteen.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and they've it never is. done anything better than their second album.
1: Okay. <laughs> It's, see, I, 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 I'm with you. I, I love Chicago too. I mean, they are a big time ballad band, and uh, yep. Jerry Kath was just on fire and that coming into his prime uh, on that album. But you know, I back up one, and I, I really love the first album, Chicago Transit Authority. Right. Uh, it's got a lot of good stuff on it as well. It does. It does. So you know, and you know, it is. This, but, but as far as start to finish, Chicago 2 is hard to beat.
0: That, as I was, we were talking about Desert Island albums, and that for me yeah. is one of those that uh, if I could only have five records to listen to, Chicago 2 is one of those records because you got four sides, and, and, and all four sides are a little bit different, you know, uh, but yeah. there's not a weak track on it, and it's just... It's just a perfect record. There's very few perfect records out there, especially double albums that I consider just to be perfect records. But Chicago, too, is one of those. And it was recorded in Atlanta. Did you know it was recorded in Atlanta? I did not know it was recorded in Atlanta. It was, yeah. Uh, Which, you know, again, brings it it back to the house. Uh, But, um, yeah, just um, such a prolific band. So many hits. I mean... You know, you talk about, you know, Kansas is not in the Hall of Fame. Chicago certainly is in the Hall of Fame. But when you have a Greatest Hits album like theirs, and uh, then the Greatest Hits 2, and then, you know, probably Greatest Hits 3 at this point, I'm sure. Um, you know, it's hard to argue with that success. Uh, the thing I love about Chicago is that their music, uh, especially early on, was so different. You know, I mean it was rock and roll with horns. I mean, who 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 has a brass section in your rock band? Um, and yet, you know, it's what made them so distinct, uh, just like the, the yeah. violin made Kansas distinct, the, the horns made Chicago distinct, but you also had three really great vocalists. Uh, you had, you know, Peter Sotero, Terry Kath, and then, uh, Lamb, you know, all three who yeah. were just really great vocalists. And then you put those three voices together in, in harmonies, um, just hard to beat and, uh, yeah. Such a such a fantastic group that, you know, if, again, uh, if anyone's listening to this, if you don't have a copy of Chicago 2, uh, actually the album was just called Chicago because the first album is Chicago Transit Authority. And then they lost that because the actual Chicago Transit Authority was taking them to court because they were using the name without permission, right? Uh, which, you know, is dumb. But um, but okay. So they just dumped the transit authority part. So the second album is just Chicago, um, and nothing that, that, that. But we all call it two. And then from there on, yeah. they were just three, four, five, whatever. After that, yeah. uh, until after Terry Kath's uh, untimely death, which uh, is a podcast in itself. So, but yeah, that,
1: that was a bad day. That was a senior in high school when he we woke up to that news. Right. Just but, you know. I want to back up just a little bit. When you talk about, you know, I love one, two's great. We already said three kind of gets lost a little bit. Right. And then they put out the the Carnegie Hall live album. Right. Which has to be absolutely one of the worst live albums ever released.
0: Isn't it? I mean, the quality of the recording and the performances are both pretty horrific.
1: Pretty bad. The mixing is just horrible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I I got that, and I got it on CD the first time, and listened to that, and it's like, really, this is the <laughs> band, this is the band that I love, and this was it was horrible. It sounded, you know, it didn't sound like Carnegie Hall. It sounded like it was in a basement somewhere.
0: Yeah,
1: with a, you know, a ten year old doing the mixing on
0: it. So, right. in case you think engineers don't matter,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, when, but when they released 9, which was the greatest, first greatest hit, you know that it just showed you what uh, how much success they had early on. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, it, you know, we played Chicago in the band in high school. Yep, I remember that. You know, we played twenty-five or six to four. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And, hey, uh, so while we're here talking about twenty-five or six to four. What is your understanding of what that title is?
1: Well, he was writing a song about writing the song.
0: Right. And it's 25 or 26 to 4 in the morning. When he looks at the
1: clock, he's weary eyed and he can't make out exactly what time it is. Right. Yeah. So
0: that's... It's one of those those, uh, song titles that's been uh, questioned... I also had heard at one time that it was uh, about the time signature. Are you writing it in 25 and quarter time or in 6-4 time? Uh, And if you listen to the song, this is probably geeky for most people, but and you start (laughs) counting it out, it works both ways. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, the last thing I heard was uh, James Pankow, I think, saying, yeah, no, he he was just writing the song and looked up and Realized that it was like, you know, quarter to four in the morning, and that four, was yeah. the reference. So, yeah. so all those people thinking it was some mystical revolutionary thing, I hate to disappoint you, but, uh, and it has no drug references at all. No. <laughs> Although he probably was high. But anyway, you know, it was the <laughs> 60s. So, well, leaving Chicago, we're going to head on into the uh, great wide open and our final band in this great american road trip is the band america uh which is convenient because that takes us everywhere in the country um and uh and again i I give my brother credit because he's the one who i I was stuck for a, a fifth band i like to do things in fives for you know my own stupid reasons and uh and he we went through all these, these bands and finally came up with America. And I said, well, of course, that makes sense. That perfect sense. Perfect, perfect. Um, I, I love America. America formed in 1971. It was three kids actually living in London, and they were all Air Force kids. They were living on the Air Force Base in London and uh, got to know each other in school. And, and that's where um, where they, they got together and uh, eventually recorded... Uh, their first album released in 71, which I think is just one of the great folk rock albums of all time. Uh, it's got, you know, Horse With No Name, of course, a great song, uh, and it's got I Need You, but but really, that's another one of those albums that if you listen to the album, there's just so many good songs, and, and listening to those guys, uh, they did stuff with acoustic guitars that nobody had ever really done before, uh, where... I mean, you got three guys playing acoustic guitar harmonies, right? You got they're playing different parts at the same time, and and it just creates this this really full uh, orchestral sound almost uh, with just acoustic guitars. And so, I, I think they're really an innovative band that gets overlooked a lot uh, because they, you know, they didn't quite fit into any particular spot.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no particular genre. You just can't, you can't pigeonhole them and say they were. They are they really rock? Are they folk?
0: Right. Yeah. You yeah.
1: Know?
0: yeah. Uh, they are. They, they're not California sound because they weren't in California. They were actually in in England. Uh, and then, um, fascinatingly enough, uh, they they get to their fourth album. They they put out the first album. It did really well. Uh, then the the second and third albums they put out were. You know, just kind of mediocre. Uh, they go back into the studio for their fourth album uh, and they bring in George Martin as their producer. Uh, George Martin produced their fourth and fifth album, uh, who, of course, was the brilliant Beatles. I mean, he's the fifth Beatle. You know, I mean, George Martin is one of the greatest producers of all time. And so in those sessions, you get Tin Man, uh, you get uh, Lonely People, you get, you know, Sister Golden Hair. Uh, George Martin is behind those those great songs. That again, I mean, I think I heard Sister Golden Hair twice yesterday on Sirius XM. So, you know, I mean, America is one of those bands that's that is in the national consciousness. They're in our our you know, it's part of the soundtrack of our lives. Especially those of us who are <clears throat> um, aging yes. a little bit.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> uh, uh, those, uh, those, those, those of us that you know had. You know, we had our teeth in the '70s, right? Yes, yes, we did.
0: <laughs> we did. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, and, and you know, I, 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 and of course, all of these bands are, are '70s bands. Our are, are '60s actually. Chicago started in '69. Right. Uh, but you know, there's just to me, there's not a decade in music that can touch the 1970s. Uh, when you look at this, I mean, we've got everything from uh, southern rock to prog rock, to jazz rock, to folk rock, to uh, synth rock almost with Boston. And it's all in that same 10-year period of time. It's just yeah. amazing.
1: Just amazing. And, and don't, you you didn't say, you know, the heavy metal that came out of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You
0: know, it, yeah. It, you know. Well, again, <laughs> on, on our road trip here, but we just want to talk about, you know bands that are associated with places. I mean, you've got you know Kiss and Billy Joel in New York. You got Bob Seger and Alice Cooper coming out of Detroit. You got uh, the Eagles and Jackson Brown, the Grateful Dead, Janis Joplin, all coming out of California. You got Willie Nelson and Buddy Holly out of Texas. I mean, you know, America has been uh, this this breeding ground for music, uh, and let's not even forget Memphis. Uh, which is ground zero for rock and roll. Uh, you think? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Carl Perkins. And who was that other guy? Not uh, 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 a funny name. Yeah, I it was funny. kind of a weird name. It's a kid yeah. from, from Tupelo, Mississippi. I can't yeah. remember.
1: So it had a big house. I think yeah. they
0: called it Graceland. Graceland yeah. or something, right, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, you know. <laughs> oh, and there was that Jerry Lee Lewis guy and that Johnny Cash dude and whatever. You know, yeah, just right. names that we forget.
1: But But... Right. Um, uh, yeah, so, Sun Studios. There's that little thing place called Sun Studios. Yeah. Where a lot of got a good, good things got started, yeah.
0: Amazing. And right down the road is Stack Studios, where Isaac Hayes was laying down some of the greatest uh, R&B music that was ever recorded, too. But uh, another podcast for another day. But, you know, I, I think as we enjoy this holiday, as we sit and, and, and celebrate America and Americanness, uh, the music that America has produced... I think is uh, just a lasting thing. Um, everybody talks about you know the, of course the the British invasion and the Beatles, but the Beatles will tell you they were they were influenced by American blues and r and b music that they were listening to as kids, uh, and then they just turned around and brought it back to us so uh, I think you know as screwed up as America can be, uh, we still are great, and, and one of our greatest legacies is the music that we've put out, and um, and I just I'll stand behind that till till they bury me in America.
1: <laughs> yeah, agreed. But I, I'm sitting here, I'm looking at the track list to uh, History, America's Greatest Hits. Right, and it's you know a horse with no name, Ventura Highway, Sister Golden Hair. What's up with Muskrat Love? Um, you know,
0: Captain and Tennille had a big hit with that. Uh, yeah. and I hate that song. So
1: I'm going to say look at God. going, it just did not did not work.
0: You know? <laughs> it does not, but it they does. did it. They wrote the song. They did it. It was, a, yeah. it was a hit, but yeah. uh, I don't know why.
1: It's just like, what were they smoking that day? That's what <laughs> I want <don't> to
0: know. <laughs> now, come on. These were good, uh, these were good military kids. They were. Yeah,
1: right. Uh, I, I'm one of them good military guys and I know what was going on in the
0: military back in the 70s. <laughs> yes. And, uh, uh, we won't go there. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So. Right. <laughs> anyway, oh, uh, that's fantastic. Well, I think we should probably wrap this thing up. We're, uh, going over time, but, uh, man, I, I enjoyed having you with me. This has been a lot of fun. We'll do it again. Yeah. And, uh, For those of you who are listening, uh, just wish you the best. Thank you again for joining us. Until uh, we meet again, fellow travelers, travel well. Uh, God bless America, and have a safe and happy July the 4th holiday. And God bless. I really do appreciate you listening to the podcast, and I I do hope that you will share this with your uh, friends Uh, Just send them the link um, for whatever um, outlet you're listening to me on. There's four or five that I'm actually on now, which is pretty cool. Um, If there's a place on your app to like this, I'd appreciate it. If there's a place to rate it, that'd be great. Uh, If you have feedback for me, uh, if you know me, just send me a text. Uh, If you don't know me, you can go to theeclecticmonk.com. And you'll find in the contact, there's an email. I would love to have your email address. I would love to get to know you. I would love to share um, my adventure with you. And so again, I, I appreciate you, uh, fellow travelers, all nine of you. If you are one of the nine, hold up your hand and uh, know that you are sincerely appreciated and loved. Till we meet again, have a great day
1: and God bless you.